1: Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you'll give them a call. The website is johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples magazine. To find out more, visit lifeinnaples.net. We have a terrific show for you today, including our special guest, Kathleen Pasadomo, our state senator. Pretty exciting day for uh Kathleen and uh, what's happening with the elections today. Also, Boo Mortensen will be joining us. Seat Motley is the founder and president of West Government. We'll visit with Linda Harden as well, who will talk about what's happening here locally and around the world. It is August the 23rd. It is Election Day. And on this day in 1927, despite worldwide demonstrations in support of their innocence, Italian-born anarchists Nicola Sacco and uh Vanzetti were executed for murder. On April 15, 1920, a paymaster for a shoe company in South Braintree, Massachusetts, was shot and killed along with his guard. The murderers, who were described as two Italian men, escaped with more than $15,000. After going to a garage to claim a car that police said was connected with the crime, Sacco and Vanzetti were arrested and charged with the crime. Although both men carried guns and made false statements upon their arrest, neither had a previous criminal record. On July the 14th, 1921, they were convicted and sentenced to die. Antiracial sentiment was running high in America at the time, and the trial of Sacco and Vanzetti was regarded by many as an unlawfully sensational uh, uh, trial. Authorities had fa- failed to come up with any evidence of the stolen money, and much of the other evidence against them was later discredited. During the next few years, sporadic protests were held in Massachusetts around the world calling for their release, especially after uh, Medeiros, they're, uh, <clears throat> they're un- uh, under a sentence for murder, confessed in 1925 that he had participated in a crime with the Joe Morelli gang. The state Supreme Court refused to upset the verdict, and Massachusetts Governor Alvin Fuller denied the men's clemency. In the days leading up to the execution protests were held in cities around the world and the bombs were set off in New York City and Philadelphia. On April, August the 23rd, Sacco and Vanzetti were electrocuted. In 1961, a test of Sacco's gun used modern forensic techniques apparently proved it was the gun that did kill the guard, although little evidence has been found to substantiate Vanzetti's guilt. In 1977, Massachusetts Governor Michael Dukakis issued a proclamation vindicating Sacco and Vanzetti, stating they had been treated unjustly and that no stigma should be associated with their names. Very famous case, and of course, uh, representative of uh, the uh, bias at the com- in the community against uh, Italians at the time. Uh, nevertheless, uh, was a very substantial and important decision made in, uh, in the 20s. Well, it's primary election day in Collier County in Florida. In fact, it's uh, also in Oklahoma and New York State. As a, as a matter of fact, if you haven't voted yet, you can go to CollierVotes.gov. It's an important election, especially for school boards. Well, I should say for all elections, uh, because it could determine uh, not it could determine the outcome for uh, these positions. Uh, without going all the way to November. So, uh, call yourvotes.gov if you need more information. Just make sure you show up by 7 o'clock, and if you're in line, you'll get to vote. Well, data for the Florida Department of State shows Republicans have gained voters since July, January 22 in 59 out of 67 counties and losses in only eight. Democrats saw losses in 57 counties and, and gains in only 10. Voter registration is important uh, monthly by the state government, A Division of Elections. That uh, is reported monthly. Florida's Voice compiled data from January and July 2022 to, to determine gains and losses of political party in each county and state. Republicans gained 68,156 voters as of July since the year began, and Democrats lost 95,284. I don't know if that means that people switched parties or people moved out of state, but irrespective of the gains, the Democrats made in ten of the Sunshine's 67 counties were all below 2,000 voters. Broward County saw the largest partisan gains and losses, but those were unfavorable to Democrats. And Broward Republicans lost 8,000, while Democrats Democrats lost 32,944. Democrats also witnessed a large loss in Daval. Hillsborough, Miami-Dade, Orange, and Polk counties. Early in July, Florida's Republicans officially overtook Democrats by approximately 200,000 voters. As of July, data shows Republicans are with a statewide lead of 230,000 voters. Pretty impressive. Nice to see. Well, big nose news yesterday, Dr. Anthony Fauci announced Monday he would step down from his government positions in December. Fauci is currently the director of the National Institutes of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, NIAID, the chief of the NIAID Laboratory of Immunoregulation and chief medical advisor to President Joe Biden. I'll be leaving these positions in December of this year to pursue the next chapter of my career, he revealed in a statement. Fauci's decision significantly moves up the timeline of his retirement. In July, he said he would retire at the end of Biden's first term. Fauci called his his decades of public service an honor of a lifetime. I'm particularly proud to be served as the chief medical advisor to President Joe Biden since the very first day of his administration, he said in a statement. Fauci's announcement also coincides with Republicans vowing to investigate his work should they take power in November. The top investigation, which I think will primarily be done by the Oversight Committee, is on Fauci and the gain of function in the lab leak, which is most likely a scenario of how we got the virus. That, according to Jim Jordan, uh, told uh, a news outlet in December. Senator Rand Paul also vowed to investigate Fauci if Republicans take the Senate. If we win in November, uh, if I'm chairman of the committee, I I have subpoena power. We'll go after every one of Fauci's records, uh, Paul said in February. Fauci noted in his statement that he had served seven different presidents throughout his career in government health, thanks to the power of science and investments. In research and innovation, the world has been able to fight deadly diseases and help save lives around the globe, he wrote. I'm proud to have been part of the important work and look forward to helping to continue to do so in the future. Biden's uh, praised Fauci in a statement uh, reacting to the news of his planned retirement. I like uh, Florida Surgeon General Joseph Lopato expressed celebration with a parting emoji after Dr. Fauci said he would be leaving the federal government in December. You know, quite frankly, I think with the dust settles and all this one, have no question about it, Fauci lied to us many, many times. And uh, then he denied the lies many, many times. Uh, I, quite frankly, I think uh, the history will show that this man did us more harm than good. And I'm perfect. I'm really happy to see him be leaving his position. No question about it. He'll be returning to Washington, D.C. in order to address Congress on several occasions. Uh, hopefully, this will lead to some sort of—I think his his behavior was criminal in many ways, and we'll find out. He, he, certainly, he'll get his day in court. Well, the Biden White House directly worked directly with its Justice Department and National Archives to facilitate the investigation into Trump's handling of documents. That, according to memos reviewed by investigative reporter John Solomon. Let that sink in for a moment. Remember, uh, Biden said, hey, I had nothing to—I read about it in the papers. That's how I found out. Well, that's just not the case. Uh, Joe Biden's spokesman has repeatedly claimed Joe Biden had no knowledge of the raid and that he found out about it in the media. Uh, According to memos, uh, Biden's White House instigated the criminal investigation by eliminating Trump's claims to executive privilege. Now, how he could do that, I have no idea, but that's apparently what he uh, attempted to do. The decision to waive Trump's executive privilege opened the door for the DOJ to issue Trump a subpoena to turn over documents stored at Mar-a-Lago. The memo shows then-White House Deputy Counsel Jonathan Su was engaged in conversations with the FBI, DOJ, and National Archives as early as April, shortly after 15 boxes of classified and other material were voluntarily returned to the Federal Historical Agency from Trump's Florida home. By May, Su conveyed to the archives that President Joe Biden would not object to waiving his predecessor's claims to executive claims, a decision that opened the door for the DOJ to get a grand jury to uh, issue a subpoena compelling Trump to turn over any remaining materials he possessed from his presidency. This is just remarkable news. It's so disappointing to hear again the President of the United States lying to us, uh, but now uh, by tra- denying Trump his executive privilege, I didn't know he could do that, but if he did, that's how this led to the grand jury and to the uh, uh, indictment. Now, but the, uh, these documents that uh, are being redacted right now by the Department of Justice uh, will be reviewed by the court and uh, he will make the decision, the judge will make the decision about whether what redactions will ultimately end up and what we'll be able to see. These documents are going to be made uh, public. Uh, and by the way, Trump is, uh, is suing the government about this entire issue And he's also demanding a master, uh, and I've forgotten the word for it, but uh, somebody who can be objective in looking over these papers. So uh, the president still has rights, and he will fight this. And uh, I think, if anything, what this all has led to is a firm resolve on the part of Republicans to stand up against what is becoming a police state. The Florida Department of Education received more than 250 applications from veterans wanting to teach in Florida public schools through a new certificate pathway. I'm excited to see some of our qualified veterans in the classroom this year. That according to Manny Diaz, the Education Commissioner in Florida. The New Florida law creates a pathway for qualified veterans to receive five-year temporary teaching certificates until they receive a college degree. The criteria for veterans to receive a temporary teaching certificate include serving four years in the military, having at least 60 college credits, 2.5 GPA or better, and uh, passing a subject area examination. Florida is the most veteran and military-friendly state in the nation, DeSantis said. We also know that our veterans have talents and skills that they can offer to our students. This new opportunity expands Florida's existing programs that will help our veterans take their talents to our schools and to uh, help Florida remain a national leader in education. This is uh, great news. You know, right now, here in Collier and Lee counties, there is a shortage of teachers. It's just uh, unbelievable a shortage of teachers across the nation, in fact. So those teachers are having to double up on classes, and they're uh, very stressed, apparently. So, uh, of course, you'll see that uh, Nikki Freed, uh, uh, who's a candidate for governor on the Democrat side, along with Chris, they're saying that uh, they're lowering the bar for teachers in Florida. Well, that's just not the case. In any event, uh, Florida has 9,500 school vacancies that need to be filled for the school year. However, Commissioner Diaz said the number is incorrect and includes other vacancies listed for support uh, support personnel. So, again, just Governor DeSantis, a great program, I think, so giving uh, veterans a chance to get their teaching certificates and uh, fulfill the full requirements over a five-year period. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Naples' longest established air conditioning company. The website is johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. Coming up, Kathleen Pasadomo, our state senator. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Forty-five,
0: forty-one. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden.
1: Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability, among other things, creating policies and programs to get able-bodied folks off of welfare and back to work. It's a moral imperative, and you can find out more by visiting the website, vfga.org. Coming up, we're going to visit with Seton Modley, founder and president of Less Government. Right now, we have with us our state senator, Kathleen Pasadomo. Kathleen, thank you so much for joining us.
3: Good morning. Well,
1: good morning, Kathleen. It's a big day today. Uh, primaries good. all over the state of Florida. How's, how are things looking?
3: Well, uh, fortunately for the Florida Senate, um, because of... Uh, I think are our, our good management of the process. We really have very uh, we have a few pro- a few primaries, but they're not uh, serious challenges, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's people that you know just want to get involved in the process, but you know certainly can't compete with our uh, fundraising machine <laughs> that I run. So uh, we feel pretty good, and the governor doesn't have a primary. So I think. I hope not, but I think there's going to be a light Republican turnout um, because we do have the primary in the uh, Agriculture Commission rate.
1: Well, we also have the school boards. (laughs)
3: Well, that's right.
1: And it's disappointing (laughs) to hear that we (laughs) might have a light turnout because we need a good turnout for the uh, school boards and commissioners and some of these other positions. I
3: agree. I think think in Collier County, our local Republican uh, club has done a pretty good job getting the message out. I don't know if that's. The case around the state it'll be interesting to see you know uh the school board races are vitally important and and uh it's unfortunate that we may not have the kind of turnout that that uh we should mm-hmm. um but, you know t- typically people uh vote you know obviously first in the presidential but that's not till 2024 but the midterms you know because they're concerned about what's going on in congress etc they'll come out in november
4: and
1: yeah. of
3: course uh Governor DeSantis will bring a lot of people out to vote for him.
1: Absolutely, and, well, and of course, Governor DeSantis, a uh, new new uh, tactic. I think is just really interesting. He's he's uh, he supported and endorsed school board candidates up and down the yes. state.
3: Yeah, you know, uh, uh, he and rightly so is very concerned about uh, some of the uh, liberal tendencies of uh, school board members around the state um that are actually uh pleased to say they want to violate the law and that kind of thing and so he he is very concerned about that and is endorsing candidates that uh you know are that believe in the constitution and and don't want to impose their own personal beliefs on the school system
1: absolutely so uh by the way, DeLapato, uh, uh, Joseph you know, Fauci. The big news, of course, is uh, Fauci's decided to step down early. I don't know if he's going to go to some place where he can't be <laughs> summoned to to testify in Congress, but uh, uh, that's big news. But Joseph DeLapato, our uh, uh, Surgeon General,
3: Lodopo,
1: yeah. Yeah, yeah, he he, he uh, made a comment. He's happy to see him go. It was great news.
3: Yeah, he's he's been quiet up until now. Um, you know. Things are, uh, have been, at least health-wise, in Florida, have been uh, relatively mild. I mean, I, the kind of policies that the governor instituted two years ago, we've been uh, on track in Florida, unlike other states. And so, you know, I think you know, just the proof is in the pudding for how we've handled the pandemic, as opposed to uh, federal government and Dr. Fauci.
1: Saw something uh, that uh, Governor DeSantis t- uh, plans to deploy the $199 billion Florida retirement system uh, to the front lines for a cultural war, uh, the the uh, ESG. Have you heard about these uh, environmental, social governance standards that have been, uh, uh, I guess, applied with many investments uh, around the country, yeah. around nation? And uh, he wants to eliminate them in Florida, which I think is a darn good idea. Any thoughts? He um,
3: He's... Uh, we're spot on. Uh, I've had conversations with him and the speaker-designate, Paul Renner, about the concerns uh, and uh, what can we do. It's, it's sort of a federal issue. However, what we can do is make sure that with regard to our Florida pension funds, which are, uh, you know, uh, it, 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 I think it's like $900 million or whatever, that we vote our own share, so that we um, are not uh, – uh, We we don't get caught in this uh, issue. You know, the biggest problem is that, and way I look at it as a lawyer, uh, our corporations that we invest in, their number one priority should be returned to us as shareholders. Right. And if they add a layer of, uh, well, yeah, we're going to give you return, but only if you invest in our approved uh, socially engineered whatever uh, uh, policies. That, I believe, breaches the fiduciary duty of the corporations to give us the best return. And we're hearing many stories about companies that are uh, operating in Florida that are being dissed by uh, these uh, hedge fund managers because they don't comply with these arbitrary policies that are put in place. And, And I think they're doing a disservice to... Um, our, our shareholders, our people, and I, and I think the governor uh, has some really thoughts about it. I recommend reading a book called Woke, Inc., um, hmm. who's the author. I can't pronounce his name. He's at Indian Raids in America, and he has a very interesting take.
1: On this issue, wow, Woke Inc. I'm going to take a look at that right after the show. Yeah. Sounds really interesting. It's fascinating. Yeah, you yeah. know, in my opinion, I mean, these ESG standards are—it's okay for a fund, let's say, to decide that they're going to buy companies in the fund that have these types of standards. I, in my personal opinion, I think these standards will end up reducing the return to investors. But right. uh, I think it's a great idea for DeSantis and for actually it's going to take a vote of the Senate and the House to support this. But uh, to be able to say no uh, ESG standards in investments that we're buying for the pension funds, I think is going to have a big impact on markets and a, and a very positive impact on return for pensioners.
3: Well, I think the issue is, and the real <clears throat> issue is, uh, you know, obviously I would not want to uh, our pension funds to invest in a company that employs uh, underage children in China, right. know, that kind of thing. Right. But the the standards that are set by some of these hedge fund managers are their standards that they set. That basically, how they go around the legislature. You know, we should be able to. We should decide what standards uh, we want to set for our investments. But when we have the third party telling us what they think is right. And a lot of uh, what they're saying is, uh, in my opinion, not the right way to go. And it's it's a social issue rather than, you know, a moral issue or something like that. So, uh, you know, stay tuned. Yeah.
1: (laughs) I'm just really pleased to hear you're up on the top. Hey, by the way, I understand you're up in Tallahassee today.
3: Yes. I, uh, you know, my incoming role as Senate president is coming sooner than I thought. And so I try to get up here every other week for a day or two to meet with my staff, my chief of staff, and we're starting to work on policy. Uh, uh, My big initiative this year is going to be attainable housing or whatever you want to call it, Um, and we've been working on it all summer, and I'm really excited about what we're going to roll out this fall.
1: That sounds great, Kathleen. Well, I just genuinely appreciate your time with our listeners. Thank you so much for joining us here today.
3: Thank you, and have a great
1: day. You as well. Thank you so much. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with Boo Mortensen. We'll find out what's new with Boo. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network.
0: Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Come back to the Bob Harton Show. And now
1: here's your host, Bob Hartman. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you part by, by Golf Shore Playhouse. Bringing you professional New York-style theater at its very best, and you can find out more and get tickets by visiting golfshoreplayhouse.org Coming up, we're going to be visiting with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Right now it's time to find out what's new with Boo. Boo Mortensen up in Madison, Wisconsin. Boo, thank you so much for joining us.
2: Well, it's my pleasure, and you know we've talked a lot about workers, employees not wanting to go into the office anymore. Uh huh. So I had no idea how many people, in the spirit of not going into the office and making the decision that they are working remotely. In fact, forty-eight percent of workers surveyed definitely only want a job if they can take it remotely. Okay. Uh-huh. Well, a lot of them are buying RVs. Four hundred thousand people bought RVs last year, and they're they're on the road. They're driving around the country, and now all of these big RVs are outfitted with all this Wi-Fi and routers and boosters and all this stuff, which are enabling them to work on the road.
1: Huh. Do you you ever do that? I would not. uh, I'm kind of a homebody. I kind of like to have one place to be. But uh, are are you suggesting these people are selling their homes and uh, just living in an RV? Wow. They're
2: selling their homes. They're shutting their homes down. They're buying RVs which some of them yeah, I mean you can go up in excess of a million dollars some of them I mean you look at it, the interiors and they're like like fireplaces uh oh yeah washer and dryers I mean they're very uh, slick and then you can buy some that are less expensive but you know these probably start about 400,000 but they are coming now outfitted with all of this phenomenal technology which is enabling these employees
1: to go on the road, huh? Well, I, I read. So I
2: find it amazing.
1: Yeah, I found. I also found. Uh, I f- found out about something called quiet quitting. Have you heard about this? Apparently, no. Apparently, uh, American workers are some of the most stressed workers in the world. Now, th- one of the reasons is, of course, some people have quit their jobs, and uh, the consequences. Of employers are saying, "Well, now we got to have you do the, your work plus somebody else's work," and that created this uh, this whole sense of stress. So. A lot of people are saying, you know, I can't get ahead. I can't, uh, you know, I don't have a life. So instead of uh, trying to get ahead and and do the extra thing and and make sure that uh, everything is done, they just do their job and that's it. It's called quiet quitting. I've never heard about that before.
2: Oh, I I never have either. So, so, I mean, there's so many changes, Bob. It's just amazing. So my son is a financial planner. works for a, a wonderful company. And, you know, they want... Butts in the seats. They want people to go back to work. Right. So his secretary decided, and never told anybody. Never told my son. Never told any of the employees. Never told anybody that she was going to work from. She was going to work remotely. Mm -hmm. They had no idea. Okay, a lot of people are working remotely at their homes. She moved to England.
1: (laughs) <laughs> That's pretty funny. So she's do- never
2: told anybody, and apparently she must have not taken into consideration that there's a seven-hour time zone change.
1: Yeah, so she's getting up at uh, well, I guess uh, it's later. So she's showing up at work at one o'clock in the afternoon or something like that. Yeah. Wow. How about
2: that, doesn't isn't that the bee's knees? Yeah. He said you're in England. Yeah. They called her back. They gave her twenty four hours to get back or she was fired. Wow. Now, the interesting thing in all of that is she felt that they were wrong, that they should have said, of course, you want to work in England? Be my guest. She was absolutely put out that they would have the audacity to call back to work,
3: Uh
1: just to
2: work in the United States.
1: That's an unbelievable story. <laughs> well, thanks for sharing that. By the way, you know the American people are just not really happy with the direction of the co- co- country right now.
2: No, no, I and don't I don't you get that sense that people are anxious? They've got anxiety. They're not happy. And they did a study: seventy-four percent. That's the majority of Americans. Mm-hmm. Think that the United States is heading in the wrong direction, and that the best years were in the past. Well, this... it's not that great now.
1: Yeah, well, there are just so many signs that we're kind of. Uh imploding and kind of going becoming a police state you know and uh, i just see this administration kind of doing her end run around the constitution I, uh, evidence of that might be for example a raid on donald trump's home in mar-a-lago the former president of the united states are you kidding me this is uh, that's just one piece of evidence, though. And take a look at how the FBI is and in, in, in ignoring Hunter Biden and ignoring a lot of the issues, and they decided to uh, take on school teachers or, or parents, <laughs> you know, uh, as as extreme uh, extremists and threats in, to the United States. I don't know. It's just really concerning.
2: Yes, it is. They 55 uh, percent disapprove of what Joe Biden is doing in office. Well, that's no big surprise. 74% think that the country's heading in the wrong direction. 56% disagree, think Biden is handling the economy wrong, mm-hmm. well we know that. And the majority of people think that the United States is in a recession, and we are.
1: Yeah, no, no question. Well, uh, y- you know, the stock market is forward thinking. It it, it reflects on what it believes where the where the ball is, where the puck is going as they say. So uh, we're seeing the market was down yesterday, and it looks like we might get a dead cat bounce today. Uh, The futures are up a little bit, but that looks like they might be going down again. So a lot of nerves right now in the economy. And, you know, uh, everything is dependent upon energy production. Everything is dependent upon our ability to, to be able to resource energy when we need it. And this administration is doing everything in its power to cut off, and we have an abundance of energy. We're so fortunate here in the United States, but now we're not able to access it.
2: Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, I don't know. Do you think that it's just America, or do you think this malaise and unhappiness and anxiety is more of a worldwide situation that people are unhappy in Europe and and uh, other countries that they're just—or do you think it's just particularly the United States because of the leadership or lack of leadership that we have?
1: Well, I think there's a worldwide movement towards globalism, which really concerns me right now. I mean, this uh, Davos thing that occurs every year. And uh, so I think a lot of uh, leaders, world leaders—and I'm talking about Macron and and others— are becoming very woke and very much caught up in this globalism thing. And uh, that's why, frankly, we miss Make America Great Again. We need to be nationalists and we need to be focused on our own well-being because getting caught up in this, everything from climate change to all this nonsense, is going to drive us right down the tubes.
2: Well, we are caught up in it. And uh, like it or not, it seems to be the trend and it seems to be the focus there was a big article in The Wall Street Journal about how liberal the college system is and of course what university did they focus on Wisconsin yeah. Madison yeah and this writer talked about the curriculum that uh, Wisconsin has and it's it's ludicrous it's just bizarre yeah that they're not teaching literature and and history and things that we should all you know have a broad range it's all this Critical race theory, and, yep. and oh my God, you know if you want to offer that, fine. But it, it just seems that it's so dominant in colleges, and and trickle down to all of the schooling. The education system is broke too. Well,
1: it is, but you know, I, uh, I have uh, my physical therapist said that he talked with a friend in uh, Europe yesterday. Yesterday morning, and he said that uh, they, the kids in in the, what the, his particular, this particular school, uh, if boys had to wear girls' clothes and me- and girls had to wear boys' clothes, so they could understand and feel how the opposite sex feels, they had to do it at the. And if they didn't do it, if the kids came to school without doing it. There was a fine. If you can believe that or not.
2: I think that's horrendous. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Isn't that bizarre? That's
2: bizarre. These yeah, are, it is. It is. It's. Uh, I, kids don't know how to write their own name. They don't a, know penmanship. They don't know anything about history or the or the country. But by God, they know it's important to them to pr- parade around in the opposite sex clothing. Well, how did we get this way?
1: I don't know, Boo. But I tell you what, this is a fascinating conversation, and I'm uh, going to look into getting an RV and see if I can do the show on. The- <laughs>
0: On the road. Bob Harden.
1: Yeah, on the road again. Thank you so much for joining us, Boo. My pleasure. All right. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with uh, Seat Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. That and more, right here in The Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network.
0: Stay tuned for more of The Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Bob Harden Show, and now here's
1: your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. We're uh, brought to you in part by Choice Social. It's a new, refreshing social networking platform, and you can download the app and find out more by visiting the website, ChoiceSocial.us. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with Linda Harden. Right now, we have with us Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Seton, thank you so much for joining us.
4: Good morning, sir.
1: Good morning, Seton. Tell us about Less Government.
4: I can't. We're not doing it. Um, <laughs> it's it, we exist through this scope and sphere of influence the government, and very few other people do.
1: It is discouraging sometimes, but keep up the good fight, Seaton. Thank you. Hey, you wrote a great great po- column. Billionaire LeBron James. This is so interesting. Uh, never misses an opportunity to screw the little guy. Maybe you could tell us about it.
4: Yeah, of course. You know LeBron has been in the, in the political news for negative reasons for about three years now. Mm-hmm. Going back to 2019, a, a guy named Daryl Morey, who at the time was the general manager of the Houston Rockets NBA team, tweeted six words. It was like, you know, freedom for uh, Hong Kong or something. Yeah. six words. You know, stand up for freedom, stand up for Hong Kong. Something like that. It was very, you know. And his basketball, because the NBA makes – Tens of millions of dollars in China. His team yelled at him. The league yelled at him, and then LeBron, in the most stupid fashion possible, yelled at him by saying, "People, you know, he shouldn't speak before he knows about what he's what he's talking about." And it's like uh, one of them's a moron and talking about things they don't know, and it's 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 not more uh, a yeah. LeBron. <laughs> um, and and as I said in the piece him be lebron being an idiot is the best case scenario mm-hmm. because of course the other option is he knows he's making tens of million dollars off of communist china and is specifically the slave labor of uyghur muslims in western china and he's not doing anything about it and doesn't care he's just pocketing the money right that's worse than being an idiot um so, so anyway that's how he got on the political radar um and then he continued to do it. He continued to speak out in, in very stupid fashion uh, after that fact. Well, I stumbled upon this. I didn't know it, ha- it happened about eighteen months ago. I had no idea it happened. Um, you know, Pat Riley's a NBA legend. He was a NBA champion as a coach, as a player with the Lakers, yep. as a coach with the Lakers, and as a executive with the Miami Heat. Right. He's mean he, he also I, I can never find it on the internet. But I seem to remember him saying one of my favorite lines of all time, that player is drowning in Lake Me.
1: Lake Me. <laughs> and
4: Lake Me, M-E. Yeah. As if he's, you know, to describe someone who's totally gazing at their own navel and completely fixated and thinks they're more important than everyone else. Well, that certainly applies to LeBron James. Now, I stumbled upon this story from 18 months ago. Some poor guy who drags his keister to the NBA – games uh, over and over and over again. He's a photographer. His name's Stephen Miller, I think was his name. I know his last name's Miller. But anyway, he took a picture of LeBron dunking the basketball. Mm -hmm. He sells his pictures for a living. That's how he makes his money. LeBron took the picture and tweeted it out, and then of course it became, because he's got a trillion social media followers, it became... Ubiquitous. The photo became ubiquitous. Mm-hmm. Of course, LeBron didn't pay him for the photo, and now that the photo is ubiquitous, nobody's going to pay for the photo, right? Because it's everywhere. So Stephen Miller sued LeBron James for one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. LeBron waited eight months to respond, during which I say he conservatively made five million dollars. Right. Right. I mean, in that eight months, uh, conservatively. Uh, he then countersued the photographer for a million dollars <laughs> plus court costs, Oof. Uh, plus his attorney fees. Now, it's bad enough to sue the guy. Countersue the guy for a million dollars for a photo. You could, you know, one hundred fifty grand. As I said, I said he's a billionaire. He has one hundred fifty grand in one of the sofas on one of his airplanes. Right. Let alone his houses. Um, so then he countersues. So not only does he counters it for a million dollars, he wants this poor schlub to pay for his armada of attorneys who he hired to defend him for stealing this guy's photograph. Yeah. Now, they eventually reached a settlement. I, I, I don't think the settlement terms were ever disclosed. But it was over a year from the fat point where LeBron stole his picture. And again, this lie about intellectual property being giant companies Screwing little guys is exactly the opposite of the truth.
1: Yeah.
4: This, LeBron is big tech stealing patented stuff from little guy inventors. Right. Right? I mean, it's the, it's the copyright equivalent of, of what you and I have discussed for years. Right. Is this, this giant titan who thinks he's too important for the world stealing this poor guy who makes his living taking photographs. Stealing his photograph, and I just thought it was so quintessentially LeBron James, and 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 dovetailed so completely with his international, this domestic idiocy dovetailed so completely with his international idiocy when it comes to communist China and the and the the slave labor. But it doesn't matter because I'm making money off the sneakers they're sewing together.
1: Yeah, well, the 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 important message here is, of course, that uh, intellectual property needs to be honored and uh, respected. Uh, certainly LeBron James didn't do that. But uh, the, you know the photographer, well, he's probably making not much money, but that's how he makes his living is by uh, selling the rights to the, to the use of these pictures. And uh, LeBron James is just saying, uh, it's as an afterthought, I'm going to sue the guy.
4: For a million bucks plus legal fees.
1: Yeah. It's just absurd. It is absurd. absurd. It is absurd. He's so, such a fascinating column, though. I just genuinely appreciate your commentary here on the show.
4: By the way, if we have... 30 seconds, I, I got yelled at by a libertarian who said, the real problem isn't LeBron James making tens of millions of dollars off slave labor. It's people like me pretending to care about that because I'm racist and I don't like LeBron James being a billionaire.
0: <laughs>
4: <laughs> and I said, even if, I said, first of all, you're not a mind reader. You have no idea if I actually care or not. Yeah. You have no idea if I'm a racist or not. These are you're You're accusing me of thought crimes. I said, but here's a dirty little secret, even if I'm a virulent racist, that's not as bad as making tens of millions of dollars off slave labor in China, you idiot.
1: <laughs> Seaton Miley, visit LessGovernment.org, LessGovernment.org. You can also uh, uh, visit Less Government on Facebook. Seaton, I always appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us.
4: Thank you very much.
1: My pleasure indeed. All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting with Linda Harden. Uh, she is on top of the news. We'll find out what's on her mind, that more and more, right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network.
0: Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host,
1: Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. We're providing you news and commentary rooted in a commitment to individual liberty, personal responsibility, limited government, and the rule of law. We have with us Linda Harden. She's my wife. She's also one of the most well-informed people I know with regard to what's happening around the world and locally here as well. Linda, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning. Good morning to you. So, uh, we watched Tucker Carlson last night. He had quite a rant about Fauci and his retirement.
5: Well, you know, it's interesting to see all of the people who um, kissed Fauci's ring uh, when this first started, and now now they're all... And I'm not including Tucker on this, because he's always been skeptical about anything Fauci said or did, but um, I just was watching Fox and & Friends, and, and this doctor who said... That everything Fauci said was golden, and now he's coming out to say, "Well, I told you that it wasn't." Yeah, <laughs> they're they're all turning tail and 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 um, and throwing Fauci under the bus, which, by the way, I think he richly deserves. He does
1: indeed. I mean, he I think he is just absolutely a serial liar. He just uh, lies about everything, and he, he never ever gave uh, proof. He didn't refer to uh, papers that were peer reviewed and so forth. He just simply said stuff and. People went along with it, well,
5: you know, and it goes back to robert F kennedy's book book yeah and 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 that that fauci fauci can talk and and he's very flowery with the way he talks with all the big words and yeah. enunciation and all this stuff, but the context is just b
1: s yeah, it is and and, and,
5: and so excuse me, but something else that was said was he's never treated a patient, I mean he's never treated a patient, yeah. So it's it's all this oh I am science you know it goes around comes around and pride goes before a fall and and he is just getting dumped on now dumped on
1: yeah I, I personally think he's leaving his position because he he knows that he's in the crosshairs of uh, investigations both in the house and the senate and I think he understands that the jig is up a uh, gig is up because of— People, uh, people can see through his lies, and uh, <laughs> everything from the CDC, everything's been so politicized right now. I think his days are numbered.
5: Well, and, and oh, by the way, what about that Dr. Deborah Burks who came out with a book saying, we knew it wasn't going to work. Yeah. I mean, it is just it just gives me goosebumps how many lives were impacted, lost, jobs lost, families uh, disrupted because of what these people uh, – uh, dictated to the American people. It is just astounding.
1: Yeah. It's just so unfortunate that the people just held in such high regard uh, what the CDC, if the CDC said it, it must be true. The same thing with uh, Anthony Fauci. Well, it turns out that everything has been lied. CDC right now, uh, she, uh, what's her name? Um, She's,
5: Rochelle Walensky. <laughs> Rochelle Walensky
1: has decided that they're going to go through some sort of reorganization. I have a idea. Why doesn't she quit? I know. Well, he- a here's start. the thing. I mean, they're going to re- or like rearrange the decks, uh, the uh, deck chairs on the on the Titanic. You know, if you're going to lie, if you're going to be deceitful, which is basically what the CDC has done, all the reorganization in the world is not going to change the outcome.
5: Well, all they want is more money. Yeah. To do, to do what they did, and and going back to Robert F Kennedy's book again. Uh, that that one uh, paragraph which just is so stunning to me it just caused me to just stop get my pen and underline it was uh before the swine flu thing hit Mm -hmm. several years ago and uh people in the cdc were going wow this this organization is about to go belly up we don't have any money we need something to scare the public into taking vaccines so we can make money
1: again Oh, isn't that, it's just I so, mean, it, it is just, it is so disappointing.
5: It, so, well, we could go on for hours about, about how corrupt um, our government officials, I went on a rant on Facebook the other day saying, um, we should, we should get rid of the Department of Education, the FDA, the CDC, just for starters. Department
1: of Energy. Department of Energy. Uh, well, here's the thing, I mean, the, the uh, <clears throat> uh, for for our listeners that may not be aware, Robert Kennedy Jr.'s book is called The Real Anthony Fauci. It is an unbelievable read.
5: Unbelievable and, is an understatement.
1: I mean, I should say it's very believable because it's so well footnoted right. and it's so well done. But everything, including the last chapter, up until the last chapter, you need to understand what's going on. And uh Robert F. Robert Kennedy Jr. has certainly done an outstanding job of that. So I highly recommend reading the book. Uh, the other book I recommend also is The Bodies of the, the Bodies of Others, I believe is the name of the book, by Naomi Wolf, Dr. Naomi Wolf. She, it is a terrific read about the whole pandemic issue.
5: By the way, anytime you want to hear the truth, go see what Amazon has censored, because, because the books that, um, uh, Robert F. Kennedy's book, they made it very difficult to get, mm-hmm. and Naomi's uh, wolf's book you have to go through all seasons press to get it because amazon won't sell it so it's 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 really interesting they just don't want they don't want the truth to be out there and and oh by the way the same with dr judy Mikovits' book which which threw uh fauci under the bus for years and years about the vaccines and and all the nefarious activity that has gone into to promoting them and and uh Amazon has just made it almost impossible to get that book too. Well, it's oh, called The Plague of Dis- Corruption by the way in case you The Plague you of
1: Corruption. It. You know, all the posturing and preening that's done in Congress and to have a, have Fauci get up there and testify and so forth. I mean, I don't I want to see this guy indicted. Criminal indictment for the for the what he's done. People have died as a consequence of his his decisions.
5: Maimed, died um uh, they can't have children yeah. as a result of these vaccines. And, oh, by the way, remember that article that I forwarded you, I think it was yesterday, about how the Department of Defense is scrambling because they forced these soldiers to get the vaccine, and it, you can't do that.
1: And, and what, what's happened now is that uh, apparently uh, they can't order soldiers in order to to, to take a, an approved vaccine, but these vaccines are, are all under temp. Uh, testing
5: under, under emergency act which emergency is, which use an
1: and that is illegal and uh, the courts have overturned it and now they can't find anybody who's willing to take account or be responsible for the decision to have the soldiers do it
5: i'm telling you guantanamo bay isn't big enough for all the people who belong there it's it's just it's just frightening to see what these people and and let's just go straight to the top joe biden I mean, Joe Biden
1: and his attorney general, and his attorney general, and let's take a few of the top people in the uh, FBI.
5: Yep, it's it's just
1: the CDC.
5: You say you know. You say I'm well informed about about what's going on, and I and I urge anybody who's listening to your your program to do the research yourself. I I can't say I'm sorry for what I know, but it's so disturbing to find out what the United States government has been doing um, for all these years. And oh, by the way, let me, let me just change real quick, topics real quick. What we watched over the weekend, Mike Lindell's oh, yeah. uh, uh, summit about the elections, uh, we don't know, based on his, the testimony of people in 50 states who have done remarkable uh, discovery and research, we don't know who has been really legitimately elected in right. the past thirty years, but and both locally and all the way up to, uh, to Mike
1: Michael and ran a two-day uh, the, the summit of truth or something to that effect. Right. That was what he called it. But right. the point is that it was it was uh, nonstop for two days, and it was so, so informative, so interesting, and so compelling.
5: And documented. I mean, these people had documentations about what what has gone on in our elections for at least.
1: And, and, here's the, and here's the thing: it's not only cheating in uh, in uh, the swing states, but it's uh, in Alabama, it's in, in California, it's yep. in uh, every single state had ad- aberrations and, and that guess, were significant enough to change the results.
5: And guess who now is? Thank the Lord, we live in Florida. Can I just say that? Yeah. Now DeSantis is, has has really um, clamped down on this voter fraud stuff and is actually arresting people yeah. who have committed um, election fraud. This is just huge. Um, I, I urge anybody to, if, if you wanna find out more about this um, this truth summit that Mike Lindell had, you can go to Frankspeech dot com and get all the information you need to know on it. Um, it is stunning. It's kinda of mind numbing because we I watched two days of it. Yeah and I was like, holy smokes I can't even I can't even process all I this. I know
1: we haven't seen the movie yet and we gotta take a look at the movie right. and I've forgotten the name of it, but that's also posted on Frank's speech uh, dot uh, com it's, as well. It's
5: selection selection. So, yeah, selection code or something. On.
1: But the the point being is that uh, I look forward to watching it because it's uh, I think gonna help pull it all together in terms of uh, the information in, in the uh, in the summit.
5: Well, even Steve Bannon yesterday was saying after he watched that he was he's gonna have he's by the way Bannon's um, war room is gonna highlight. All these people from the 50 states on his show for the next couple of weeks, he's going to have those people come back wow. and tell the story again about how election fraud uh, permeated their state. So
1: if you're of the mind that, hey, well, let's not talk about 2020, we need to look forward. No, <laughs> I think this information is coming out right now. We, uh, Irrespective of what who ends up being president for the next couple of years, we need to get our elections fixed, and there's so much corruption uh, and these these machines have to go. So, uh.
5: by the way, you, I'm sure you talked about it, but it's still stunning to me just to turn the topic again. That um, that Joe Biden and the White House was in on this raid on Mar-a-Lago. He's such oh a my life. goodness! The yeah. the curtain is being ripped asunder from what these people have been doing. Let's see. I think it's. I think it's pretty. Let's see, I think a president was impeached for trying to interfere with his political opponent. Yeah. That's what can you do? To, what can we do to this guy now? It's just amazing.
1: Linda, I appreciate so much you're bringing all these issues to our attention. Thank you so much for joining you're us. welcome. All right. Well, that's a wrap here on today's show. I hope you've enjoyed it. We've got great guests lined up for tomorrow. always appreciate your comments on the show. You can send me an email at bobharden at hotmail.com, bobharden at hotmail.com.